Meeting Gold, the podcast. Today, we are joined with David. David, I never caught your last name. Walcott. Walcott? Walcott. Walcott. Yeah. Okay, I got it now. David very Walcott. Very British. And very British. Are yeah. you British? You're British. No, no. <laughs> West Indian. West Indian. Yeah, okay. so dad's from Barbados, mom is from Jamaica. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, David, welcome to the podcast today. Honestly, it's really cool to have you. We shot one this morning with Andrew Perry, and he was kind of talking about networking and communication building in the servicing industry, but that also like applies to product, right? And you guys will kind of find out that David is heavily into product, and David, you sell, what is, what is it you sell right now? Uh, great question. So I have a duffel bag, uh, which basically has multiple functions. Should have brought it here today. So basically, you can put your food in it, you can put your suit in it, you can, it converts into a backpack, uh, you can put your meals in it. It's, it's absolutely amazing, and it's a multi-purpose duffel. Uh, and it came to me because I used to be a financial planner, and I, tried a lot, I, gained like, I gained like 40 pounds, like 40 pounds overweight, and I started to get into fitness, and I was carrying like four bags just to be able to function in my day. So when I got laid off because of the pandemic, I said, hey, let me create the product that I've always wanted, and that's how I came up with the idea. Fascinating. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people kind of, at least the products that succeed, right? They, they find a niche in something that they need and then they figure out how to, how to make it happen. And, and you did. So um, everybody kind of knows a little bit about you right now, but give us a little background. You know, how old are you? Um, a little bit of your background as well, like finance wise and then coming in and making that transition. Just give us like a, a two minute rundown. Yeah, I mean, I, I've done so many different things. I started off my educational background is actually in tech. Um, but I had to pay for school, so I had to sell, and then that's how I got into like the communications field. Um, then I did a bunch of various jobs until I landed in finance, and I was like started started from the bottom all the way to the top. Was a teller, then got into mutual fund sales, then became a stockbroker, and then from a stockbroker became a financial planner. But all throughout that whole period of time, I was always in uh, digital marketing, or I was always doing things on the side because in my early twenties, I ran like an internet marketing company uh, that flopped and that's a story for another day but i mean <laughs> but the, i wasn't as slick as sam was when i was in my uh younger days and um the bottom line is it didn't work out so i that's how i, I basically got into finance and spent my like the last 10 years in that space and then yeah just recently the pandemic happened and then i i got laid off and then i said listen let me start taking all those skills that i've had in the background and put it to some use and you know that's how it started so david you you've you've basically started this this company called hustle and fit hustle and fit yep. right and you are now in herx nutrition selling these duffel bags yep herx nutrition we are in workhouse uh the fitness uh location the micro gym um and we are like, expanding into that uh, also s selling online so yeah that's pretty much been the way it's been moving. now there's a lot we can cover in this podcast because i mean like how do you go about taking a bag and getting it into huge stores like Herx Nutrition, even building those connections on getting in there and and realizing, okay, like I have to make a presentation or I have to build this relationship with this person. Then it's got to carry on to this. That give us give us kind of like how did you actually get into Herx? Like how did you get into these shops? Actually, it's pretty straightforward. I just walked in there. Really? Uh, yeah, and, and it actually it starts off with that one relationship. So you know, I got I went into one. Uh, it wasn't originally Herx. I went into one nutrition store. I said, hey, you know, here's what I have. I displayed it to them. They said, oh, maybe you should check out this other location. Uh, then eventually I showed it to someone that was in a Herx Nutrition in uh, East Gwillimbury. Um, and then from there, uh, basically, uh, he said he loved the bag. 
And he's like, this is amazing. Right. And then I said, okay, cool. So we got it into his Herx location. And then I said, hey, you know, I really like their, I like their motto. I like their brand. I like what they stand for. So let me go and talk to these other store owners and find out that, you know, uh, you know, how we can make it happen. So one time, which is a crazy incident, I walk into the Herx Nutrition uh, down in like, uh, it's in Mississauga. And I go in there and I say, hey, can I talk to the owner? And then the guy who behind the counter is saying, hey, uh, he's over there talking to those three or four other guys. I'm like, okay, no problem. So we're just sitting there. I'm just talking to the, the, the guy who works Yeah, the yeah, counter. yeah. And, and the thing is, I'm also trying to always get better in my health. So I was just asking him, like, what can I do for my gut health? And he was giving me suggestions. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we're sitting there for like 20 minutes. And I'm like, wow, this guy's talking to this group of guys for a while. Like, I, don't, I feel like I don't know if I should start to leave or whatever. And then I'm like, you know, who is he talking to over there? And he's like, oh, that's the uh, CEO of Herx. What? Yeah. And then I'm like, are you kidding me? And then he's like, that's the operations manager. And this is the uh, the, the digital manager. Uh, he's also over there too. I'm like, what are, are we saying we're in front of the power team here of Herx? And then he's like, I'm like, yeah, I'll just wait. I'll just, I'll just wait here patiently. So eventually as they're talking, they look over and they're like, who is this guy? And I kind of smile and I wave. And then I said, I'm like, hey, uh, can I, I'm like, hey, you know, no problem. Keep doing your meeting. Uh, when you guys have a chance, I'll talk. And then they're just still staring at me because they're like, why is this guy still here? They're like, what the hell is this guy What's doing this in my shop? Yeah. <laughs> so I eventually walk. I'm like, you know what? I'll just, just do, the, do the presentation in front of all of you. Like and then literally right there. Right just there the, boom. And that's it. And then I'm living there and standing in front of the Herc CEO and all these guys. And they're like, CEO, he, you know, he's like the, you know, alpha dog. He's sitting there. Everyone's quiet. Is everybody, wait, wait. Is everybody like. Yeah, they're pretty big. They're pretty <laughs> big guys too. Nobody's like, you know, pretty, everybody's pretty much in shape. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm standing there and I'm like, okay, silence hits the room. And the CEO's like, I like it. I like it. But we're going to need to do a lot more uh, in, in terms of the, the way that we're going to, uh, you know, push this out. Because, well, of course. Yeah. 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 So, you know, and you could tell like he, he's, he has a lot of years in business. Really great guy, uh, Dave. And, and then from there, uh, I start to introduce, he starts introducing me to like Derek and, and, and Shagan and these, all these individuals basically. And then from that, that's how I started my relationship. And then also, um, sorry, I forgot one part. Yeah. Then the same person who introduced me to Avras, shout out to Avras, uh, from E-School and Barry, uh, Herx. He also told me to come and meet, um, the guy who runs City Place Herx. And that was, uh, Arthur and then Arthur, or we call him Art. And Art also loved the bag. So between those connections, it was hilarious because it was almost like Dave, the CEO, was like hearing about me without actually seeing me until eventually right. he saw me. So it was almost. So I would say to like some people, it's like you got to get your first, just get get out there and basically start talking to people. And get you have to be willing to be rejected. Oh yeah, for sure. There's you no just question. said you yeah. were rejected two times walking in. I yeah. mean, you, with all due respect, you must have looked like some nut job walking in with a bag. Yeah, really. <laughs> like. What, this guy's going to now get all of his bags and hercs all of a sudden? Like, no. Yeah. Like, go to another shop, buddy. Yeah, exactly. And then, what? All it took is one person, it right? Took one person. And I was trying to, I went to other supplement stores. So two other supplement stores kind of rejected me. And then it was that one relationship uh, that at hercs. And that's what I was saying. Like, I felt like the culture at hercs was different because I went to two other supplement stores. They both kind of, it wasn't a full-out rejection, but it was kind of like, I could tell it, like, it was a Canadian no. You know, it was like, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, well, look, I didn't feel strongly with it. So, but it was that one uh, opportunity um, that I got at, you know, the East Willenberry Herx that started the, 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 the thought process that there's something different in the Herx, you know, the Herx water that I need to keep talking right, to these different right. individuals. Keep building those relationships. Okay, now you've given us a rundown of how you got into Herx, but somebody who has an idea, how can they go and formulate 
that idea. So you you were like, I want to I want to create a duffel bag. How did you formulate that idea? Because I'm a I I actually did a presentation a little while ago and I said you need to figure out how to formulate your idea before you go about trying to make it happen, yeah. right? So how did you kind of do that structure the whole thought process and make it come to be? Did you write down steps? Was it was it okay? I got to do this and I got to talk to this person or like what what did that look like, David? It took a little bit of time. I mean, the, the first thing was to really understand like what was my pain point. So I have a background in trying different product ideas. I've always been interested in making money. That's why I got in finance. So I, I tried different things. But the, the secret sauce or the thing that I think was different in this situation was I did something that I had a problem with. So hmm. I, I think that's one of the major key pieces is to really identify something that really bothers you and then start to kind of map out, okay, well, here is the problem. And then what are some potential solutions to this overall issue? Right. So when I first started out, I was like, okay, you know, I have to carry four different bags. Okay. Possible solution. What if I could put everything into one? Okay. Then what was the problem there? And then as I was digging, as I would start to go down the rabbit hole, I was slowly peeling away the onion and that's how the product came in to be. Something as simple as like, I didn't want the, the shaker cup or the, 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 the water bottle holder to be on the outside because I felt like that looked tacky. How could I get it on the inside? But then here's the problem. The backpack can convert into a, sorry, the, the duffel bag can convert into a backpack. So now if you pull it into a backpack mode and you have the, the shaker cup, it could just like fall out. So right. how do I, so like these like little challenges here and there help to kind of define how to overall like create the product. So I would say start off with something that's really bothering you or at least something that ha you have some interest in. So it may not be a personal problem, but a problem that, matters to you in some because form. is that is that because you'll because i'm sure you had a lot of challenges which we'll get into about yeah. starting the the business is that kind of why you would say you need to enjoy it and and find something that you're passionate about to fix because otherwise you will probably quit after the first or second I think failure I think failure or mistake mistake yeah i think and i think that's the biggest thing is that if there's no passion or interest you will basically fall off fast. Now, you gotta also know yourself. You have to know your own personal temperament. I've come to realize that when I'm not interested in something, I will fall off. Right. So there are some people out there who will do something strictly for money. Like they could literally create a kid's toy and have no kids and hate kids and just do it. That's their personality trait. So you gotta identify, am I this type of person? Can I do something I don't enjoy, but I enjoy winning or I enjoy maybe making right. money. That's what makes me, you know, you got to identify who you are. And then once you identify which type of person you are, then pick, then go down that field. So I realized that I have to have an interest in the product. Otherwise I will fall off. And I've tried both versions for myself. Right. And then once I got the interest portion, that's when I started to move down the, okay, let's break down the diagram and the problems. And then, then we'll break out the outline. And yeah, the main reason is for someone like my personality set is that if I don't have interest in something. Yeah, as soon as I get hit with something that's like really irritating, I fall off. Like right now, I'm dealing with a trademark issue. Right? right. So imagine I had no interest in this product and I'm like, I'm having another company trying to tell me that they don't want me to use my name and I've got to fight back on top of it. And I have no interest. Of course, I'm like... Yeah, you're going to fall off. Naturally, like, it's, it's human nature, it's, right? Yeah, naturally. Like, so, so you need to have something that really matters to you to keep you involved. But as I said before... That caveat only matters if that's the type of person you are. So you have to figure it right. out first. Right. Well, that certainly gives us a little rundown of like kind of how you formulated the idea and how somebody, because I think there's a, there's, there's no right or wrong way on, you know, you have to write down steps or do this or do that. Because I think that if you genuinely want to make something work, it'll work. Yeah. Because you truly have a passion for it. And you'll figure out through mistakes, um, you'll figure out through experiences, through meeting people, you know, 
hence why I'm trying to talk to as many people as possible yeah. on this podcast because I want to figure out what if I want to start a business one day that sells product? Well, you'd be a great person to talk to, no, right? Because you've gone through those those specific sets. So Actually, to, I was going to say something too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in terms of the whole breaking things down and planning thing, just be careful because I, I have that same challenge too like uh, where I like to plan things out to death. Business is... Is a, is a moving organism. It doesn't like you could have a million plans. When it shits the fan, it's it's not going to matter. Like right. the reality of it is, business it does not stay. I, I like to put it like this. I was trying to describe this to someone. I was like, business is like basketball, but the net keeps moving all over the place. Mm. Like you're playing on the. There's the rules. We have the basic rules, but the net is not where you know you're not just running to one end of the field and taking the shot. The basketball is cons- the, the, the basketball net is consistently moving all over the place. And you're just shooting and hoping that you hit something. And of over time, you just get good at somehow shooting and then the ball just goes in somehow. And it really, right. the, the real skill set is adaptability. So you just so, hit the nail on the head yeah, right there. Yeah. So the real thing about it is, yeah, have a very light plan, I would say, but then at the same time, start executing as quickly as you can, because that execution will then put you in front of the reality of business. Because I find that a lot of people that uh, first failure to start. And then the other biggest issue is they're planning for years and then they go out and they, they execute it. And then they realize it doesn't even make sense. I had a friend who literally wasted six years on a project. And like, I'm literally telling you, this guy literally built WhatsApp before it was WhatsApp, but he just didn't get in front of the customer fast enough that the customer would have given him feedback and said, that original idea is garbage. I want this. And, and he then, could have adapted to build that business exactly. to something what it could have been. Yeah. And it was the like potential. The potential. He was WhatsApp before WhatsApp. But he was in the time of BlackBerry where BlackBerry was only on the BlackBerry, like the BlackBerry chat. And he had a solution where you could chat on multiple different types of phones. Wow. And he just missed the boat. And then he missed another boat. It was crazy. I watched it. So like, you think, so yeah, I guess there's, there's kind of a fine line and a balance because you have to be able to kind of formulate the idea not like like be a go but, but also be a go-getter you exactly. could you could like i could go write down an idea on you know starting a space company but do i have the drive to go do it well we'll have to find out right, right? so you have to push yourself to go past the point of writing stuff down to now acting on it exactly and that goes i mean that's so cliche but acting on the things you say you're gonna do right exactly. because if you don't then you're going to be stuck in that planning process your entire life. And you're going to miss out on opportunities like what what you just mentioned. Okay, now let's talk a little bit because I'm actually really curious to know. Right now, your bags are selling in Herc's and I'm assuming you probably have some e-commerce store that you're selling. I'm selling online right now. So I'm selling in my, uh, directly in my, um, on my online store and I'm also on Amazon. Okay, selling on Amazon as well. Interesting. So how did you go about building that that store and then like like you know acting on the idea of getting online and then also generating sales yeah that's a good question so i i so what happened was i was in this kind of weird space when i got laid off and then i was like what am i going to really do at this point right am i going to go jump into another job or what can i do so then what i did was actually the first thing i did was i bought a course so i bought an Mm. amazon course an amazon training course and that took me a while because there's just so many like fake gurus out there and everything. It's just too creepy. But I found this one person, uh, shout out to Travis Marziani. <laughs> I'm just shouting out everybody. And like, <laughs> um, I went and took his course. He was just really genuine. He talked to real numbers and I was really happy with what he was saying. 
Um, and then I said to myself, I said, if this guy responds, I sent him an email. If this guy responds to me like a regular human being, I'm going to pay the money and I'm going to start working with him. Right, and, right. And he did. Like literally sent him an email and he started, he's like, hey, Dave, yeah, no problem. And he just responded to me like a regular. And I was like, okay, good. So I signed up for his course and then through his, I followed his process. So the, the process that he had was the first thing you do is you figure out what product are you passionate about. You do some basic level research. Like, you know, you maybe use Google uh, analytics or, to, or Google Trends and try to figure out if there's a need for it. Check on Amazon if there's people buying certain products and so forth. And then from there, what you do is you actually start to build a community, a tribe, right? And that's going to be interesting because now with social media, this is going to be the big part of why I had to build an Instagram following and so forth and so on. So you build up the tribe and then from the tribe, you launch a Kickstarter campaign. And then from the Kickstarter campaign, then you launch out to wherever you need to sell out to. Right, basically. right. And that's kind of how I went from like zero to 60. So I was basically following the outline that I was, uh, uh, you know, going and I just execute on. So that's the thing, right? The whole execution was key because I have people in my class, the same e-commerce group that even now, and this has been over about a year and something, they still haven't launched the product. Wow. And it's almost like they, it, it really does seem like they just want to, Plan, 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 and then never execute, execute, execute. Because they're scared. Like, literally, yeah. it's the fear. But the reality of it is, and a lot of the, there's a lot of bad things that happen. It, no no doubt, I get why they're scared. I lost a lot of money. Amazon, like, ate a hole in my wallet. Like, you know, I felt like Amazon was my third employee. Like, I was just paying really? them, right? So, like, I did get a lot of losses. And as I said to you when we were talking off camera about how I had a, a large Instagram following, but a lot of everything converted into overall sales on my Kickstarter campaign. Let's Let's touch on that, actually, because... That kind of goes in, into my question of marketing and generating sales. You do a lot of, David actually does a lot of like TikToks and reels and stuff like that on Instagram and stories and stuff, which is super beneficial. But at the same time, you've probably found that that's not what's going to generate you 80% conversion rates exactly. on, on your online e-commerce shop. So kind of touch on that. And then maybe like, what are other methods you found that have worked and you know, a big thing is about like on social media is complimenting each other, right? Yeah. So I think, I think the biggest thing that I found that uh, worked for me was, uh, it was building those relationships, like building, cause I, I, so last year, so the year before I stand, I did, I basically set up a podcast similar to what you did actually. Really? So yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, Hustle and Fit had a, a YouTube channel and I was basically connecting with influencers and I was interviewing them which I found was a better way to actually build a relationship because you could call them up and be like, Hey, you're an influencer, you know, come in, uh, you know, take a bag and whatever. But the thing is the relationship isn't really there. So they're like, okay, well, I'll charge you, you know, 1500 bucks. And, and it's kind of awkward. I had, I had one influencer, shout out to Nunzi, uh, with over 200,000 followers who really? basically wrapped the bag and gave us some support. Um, you know, and, and, and so, you know, it, it that all came from, um, uh, you know, starting with that podcast and giving them exposure because a lot of them also, the biggest thing for them is to kind of speak in their own voice, right? Like get to talk about what they do and what makes them special and stuff like that. Um, Brie, uh, another influencer, she's a Canadian based uh, fitness uh, influencer. We did an interview and that I would say is like one of the most powerful uh, influencers I had. I mean, Brie went above and beyond um, there's just so many people to count, man. Like I, I like that. I almost, I almost feel bad that I'm not mentioning everybody. There's just a lot of people that went right, out. right. But I would say the bottom line was is to build those relationships, and those relationships will basically kind of help you to 
uh, build up the momentum. So I would say a mix of the strategy that really worked for me was, yeah, building up the in, building up my Instagram account. I think the Instagram account really was necessarily, it wasn't that strong in terms of conversions, but it was strong in, in terms of making me uh, look like a, uh, like I had a brand. I had a Right. Your, your personal brand. Yeah. Ex- which well, is a not, huge. Not the pers- that was a mistake I made. Oh, So I'll get okay. into that in a second. But on the business side, it gave me a certain level of credence because when they would go check out Official Hustle and Fit, they would see that I have like 24,000 followers. And then it's like, okay, well, maybe I'll take a shot on giving this guy an opportunity. Now, mind you, some of those influencers had uh, worked with me even when I had like zero followers, which is a shout out to those people. But the, the ones who started to really feel like, okay, this guy has a little bit more credence is because I had that following. Now, did that following convert into direct sales? I would say some of the more uh, relationships I had on the influencer side that were really good influencers helped more on the conversion side than the actual, um, than the actual uh, like the direct followers that I had on Instagram. And the reason why I think that happened really and truly was the way I built it. It was my, actually my fault. Right. Um, I should have been a little bit more uh, targeted on the people that I was attracting because a lot of the people that I was attracting weren't necessarily interested in the product. They may have been interested in like a free prize or something like that. Mm. And that was kind of an error on my part. So, so almost attracting the wrong um, type of followers. Right. So that's that's a big one then you, you th- is, is attracting people that truly have an interest in what you're doing. Exactly. 1,000 loyal followers is better than 100,000 yeah. unloyal followers exactly. because that 1,000 you know, we'll, we'll go to the ends of the earth to support you, but a hundred thousand fifty might like your post. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing. It's like, you can, I literally can tell the types of people who are constantly at, uh, supporting my brand. You know what I mean? So that's a big thing is like, I can literally see them. And that's interesting because I've got 23,000 followers, but then now I'm like looking at them. Like I see the same groups of people that are responding all the time. Right. Right. So it's like, okay, well, are those 23, thousand followers really helpful or is it better to have like exactly what you said having a thousand core hungry raving fans right i would say getting a core hungry raving fans are going to do much better for you than you know having a hundred thousand followers that don't care about you so try to build a higher level of quality and some of the ways you can do that is by basically um vetting like vetting out like trying to basically kind of like see like uh, you're running a podcast that's about building a brand so you want to find people who are who are interacting on Instagram when they look at other brand people. Like if let's say for instance, as an example, Gary Vee, like all these, I mean, you're looking in the comment section and these people are like constantly commenting on Gary Vee stuff. Right, right. And Gary Vee does a lot of brand building stuff. So then you would say, okay, I want to, I want to attract that person. So maybe you like what they're doing or you comment on what they're doing hmm. on their Instagram account and then get that relationship going, right? Uh, make sure that you're, if you're running targeted Instagram ads, which I, I was doing, uh, you basically target, make it say, okay, these are the types of people I want. May, don't do like a broad type of thing, but start maybe being a lot more targeted so that you can attract that person that makes the most sense, right? So you really have to understand your own product to make sure you want, and, and then eventually over time, really understand who your customers are. Now, here's the thing. It happens to me too, because I didn't, I thought I knew who my customer was. Right. But over time, as I sell the bags, I realized I don't know who they are. So I'm learning more now, and now I have a better sense but that only came from experience. Yeah, it only came from experience. So it's almost like you're kind of thinking like when somebody comes out with an e-commerce shop or whatever they come out with, you just have – you can know you somewhat of your – what like, okay, if am I going to sell, um, you know, hockey sticks? Well, who's my – Who's my target audience? Hockey players. Right. But is it is it 40-year-old men playing beer league or is it, you know... NHL players. NHL players. Like, it's, it's a big difference. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So you, 
that just comes from experience and understanding really in depth who your mm-hmm. niche is is just go 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 and craziness so i i started off as a financial planner who wanted to get in shape i built a bag called hustle and fit so business you know professional with fitness and i get people from the military that are buying the bag and i'm like wow. didn't expect that but when i asked the guy from the military he's like we're all about efficiency so it's inefficient for me to have to go and carry three different bags or it's inefficient or whatever. So I want to get a product that helps me to be efficient. And right. your bag fits the bill. So right away, I'm thinking, oh, business professional who wants to stay fit. But the reality of it is, it's actually somebody in uh, you know, military service. It's other, it's a mom. It's, so there's different variations, but that only came through once I started to sell the product and right. I started to take, take note right. of the different types of people that buy the product. Now, David, that's that's like really in depth. I gotta say, we're running out of time, but thank you so much. I want one more question to ask you. Cool. Where do you see yourself, business and personal, in ten years? It's a tough one. Yeah, it's a tough one. I used to ask this question too on my podcast, <laughs> and now I understand why it was so hard to answer that. Uh, ten years. I I see myself building a brand, like a a, a brand that is like. Is, is, is very well known and recognized in the space that I want to be uh, recognized in. Uh, I want a worldwide distribution. My goal is to really get the products and services that I'm creating out into like Japan and Asia and other places and Canada and you, I want to have a, a global brand. Um, and I also, the biggest thing for me too is uh, helping others. Like I see myself doing that. I created the, the, the YouTube channel Hold Spark, which is basically showing my business like background and what's happening all the time. And I'm hoping that really inspires people and actually educates them. And I'm planning to do more in-depth uh, breakdowns of all the things that I do in my marketing and everything on that channel as well. Right, so, right. So almost helping them, you know, uh, breaking down for them how to do this, how to do that, like really in-depth because I think that's a big lack in social like media and, and digital is people graze over those in-depth details because some people want to have that really set plan before they dive into something and they might act on it, but they want to have a set plan so you can obviously assist them in that and how to do so, it's right? So true. And, I, and I think there's a lot of fake stuff going on right now, so I think it's hard to find good quality information. For sure, for sure. Well, we're gonna have to cut it off there, but um, thank you so much for listening to Meeting Gold with David here from Hustle and Fit, the CEO of Hustle and Fit. And uh, hey, maybe we'll have you on a year from now, and uh, I don't know, the bags will be uh, Good Life, yeah, yeah, YMCA. You, you know, go. they'll be selling them for yeah. you. So, oh, make sure you check out Hold Spark too. Hold Spark is my YouTube. Yeah, channel. yeah. Sh- shout out, like, um, I'll put your stuff down in the in the video below as well as the audio too. Why don't you give us a couple ads here, real quick? Um, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, if you're looking interested in looking at the Hustle and Fit duffel bag, go to Official Hustle and Fit. And actually, Hold Spark is my my personal side of thing, my personal brand, which is something that I said is great that you're doing because that's something I didn't do last year. So now you can actually see a little bit behind the scenes. For sure, for sure. Well, guys, thank you so much. Live stream, you'll get to see the behind the scenes of this conversation as well. But uh, we'll cut the cameras here, so we'll fade it out. David, once again, man, thank you. Really appreciate it. My pleasure, man. Yeah, of course, of course. Really appreciate it, David. Mm-hmm.